As many of you know, I have been producing and creating Lord Have Mercy Alone for a long time. All by myself. Don't want to be all by myself anymore. Which meant that I had to go out there and look for ads to help, you know, fund the time it takes to create this. But um, right now, this season, I'm going to turn the offering plate over to you listeners and beg and ask and plead and um, hopefully persuade you to help me out. Uh, I think that I believe in community and I'm tired of doing this alone. Don't make me sing the song again. Um, it's really easy. Just head over to patreon.com slash lordhavemercy and you can sign up for a $5, 10 or $20 monthly subscription donation thing. Um, and hopefully this is the last ad you'll ever hear on Lord Have Mercy. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Bye! You are listening to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. I'm your host, Crystal Cheatham, and today we sit down with Emily Joy. Throughout the conversation, we hit on the, movie, the Moody Bible Institute, we talk about loving our bodies as a spiritual practice, and finally, we talk a lot about having the kind of sex that we want to have. Um, you also get a chance to listen to some of Emily Joy's uh, poetry. Um, just so you know, she's traveling all over Tarnation this summer, and you can catch her next week at the Wild Goose Festival, amongst other places. And now let's start the show. Yeah, um, I think the first thing that I fell in love with was the spoken word poem about, where did it go? Thank God I'm a virgin. Oh, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wrote that poem. You know how, like in literature, there's like um, like a composite character sometimes where they take like some uh, like a variety of real life people and kind of distill them into one person. Yeah. Um. That's that poem for, is kind of like a composite character for me based on like a lot of different conversations mm-hmm. that I had with people, um, particularly men that I had conversations with during my time at Moody Bible Institute, which is where um, which is I went also to so crazy that you went to Moody Bible Institute. Yeah, I've had a lot of really interesting things happen to me in my life. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that poem was written based on some conversations that I had with um, particularly men um, who were Yeah, very... well, if you get the, if, if it's okay with you, I'd love to play yeah. a clip for the audience. Well, thank God I'm a virgin. Or he probably wouldn't want me. I thought as I listened silently while he told me that he just couldn't be with someone who had been with someone else, which is like 90% of adults by the age of 25, so your already limited pool is shrinking very quickly, but don't let me discourage you. Carry on. Tell me how you saved yourself. How you saved up enough points with God to buy an unspoiled bride and you will not settle for less. Tell me about her white dress, how it will mean something. Tell me what it means. Tell me what it's like to have nothing you regret, to have made it through life unscathed by either bliss or pain. What does that feel like? 
Is it very lonely? Or does it just feel safe, like keeping your cocoon heart all wrapped up and tucked away, hoping to God someday it becomes a butterfly before it dies from the frost? I hope whoever she is, she meets all your expectations. I hope enough of her heart is intact for you to feel like the wait was worth it. I hope she never knows you wouldn't have wanted her if she wasn't a virgin. Everybody knows a girl is only as valuable as the men who haven't touched her, only as desirable as the experiences she hasn't had. But baby, when you get to her, she better know what to do in bed. She better satisfy your wildest pornographic fantasies, know all the right ways to move body parts she has never had the chance to use, because God would never fail you, right? waited on his timing now he owes you anything less is not the bill of goods they sold you so i hope it works out for you i really do but if it doesn't just remember what i told you that a heart cannot be divided into pieces and given away until there is nothing left that the greatest gift you can give someone has nothing to do with your flesh that love is really just grace that a lifetime of avoidance does not prepare one for a lifetime of joy and pain that virgin is not a sexual preference nor is it your birthright baby your insecurity is showing she chose you what more do you want? What is it about theology that made you so passionate about it? You know, I just, like, I feel like, first of all, like, the ideas were really interesting. I'm very much, like, an idea person. I love, I mean, that's, specifically, I went into, like, philosophical theology, so we could kind of, like, I love to just, like, take stuff apart and just be, like, look at all the little individual, com it's, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. Hermeneutics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I love hermeneutics, Lord. Don't get me started on hermeneutics. No, we'll get there. You're a legit Bible nerd, yeah. Ultimately, every single one of these conversations that we're having is about hermeneutics. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, I mean, I love all that stuff. But also, like, it, it, theology is so consequential. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just this, like, pie-in-the-sky thing. It, like, really does affect, like, real people and real lives and how you live and how you behave. And, and yeah, it's just, it's so consequential. So I was like, this is very, this is very important. It's, yeah, it's, it's um, scaffolding to sell a message. You know, it is marketing. That's what theology is. And what I really enjoy about the Bible is that there are so many stories and many of them clash and don't agree with one another. Um, and it really depends on what thread you want to pull through the stories and, and, and what yeah. you want to highlight. So while the Bible is like this really, um, I feel uh, an infallible source of wisdom and knowledge. It's still like a very dangerous tool. And mm -hmm. I'm so curious to, I mean, to talk more about it and find out what your thoughts are about like how theology has been used today and yeah. how it should be used otherwise. Um, yeah. So anyway, Moody Bible. Yes. <laughs> passionate about theology. And then what happened? 
Because I'm pretty um, sure the person that you walked into Moody Bible as is very different than what you walked out as. <laughs> All of the theologians yeah. that I know went to went to school as like these like budding beautiful flowers, and then when they left, they were just like covered in tattoos and. Yeah, uh, they cut all their hair off, which is, you know, what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it it um it does a number on you. Um, yeah, no, so okay, I'll say this, like, um, I, people people are always like, what happened? <laughs> like, I'm I'm like stumbling up bedraggled, and they're like, what happened to you? <laughs> um, but it's a little bit true though, right? Um, I, I will say this though, I think I I arrived at Moody already, sort of on kind of the edge mm-hmm. of acceptability <laughs> even, at that, <laughs> even at that time what does that mean <laughs> I mean I kind of just like kept I like I just I just stayed in the library while I was there like um I I was I didn't really like date I I was just like the even at the time I was like these are not really my people mm. um and I think part of that was because I had, which we can get into, you know, all the stuff about church too and whatnot, but, you know, I had my own, like, sort of experience of the, uh, what you would say, like, dirty underbelly of the Christian faith early yeah. in life. You know, I had the experience of abuse in the church that I was attending and then the subsequent uh, reaction to it from everyone else around. And I had already oh. sort of, like, been through the ringer on this when I got there. And so, so I didn't show up, like with like rose colored glasses about, okay. about the church or about Christianity. And I think that helped. Um, it made everything that followed a little less disappointing. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Like, yes. Um, so, so, and then by the time that I left, I think I would say like, probably like when I had about a year left was when I was like, this is not like, that's when I really started like at least to start to break things down. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm so close to the end. And and it is like, I mean, it's a real, it's an accredited school for, for the moment. It's a real degree. It's an yeah. actual. So I was like, well, I need to, I need to finish this. And, um, and I'm glad that I did. But yeah, shortly, shortly after graduating, it's just like you, so, so the Christianity that I grew up with, which was very conservative, mm-hmm. um, it tells you that everything is a certain way, right? It tells you that the world is a certain way and people are a certain way. Yeah. Um, and little boxes. Yeah. And I just, and I, and then I, I got out into the world and I started meeting people who did not have my life experience. Oh, were, high five. That's exactly who, how yeah. I felt. They were different. And I was like, oh, you're not at all how I was told you would be. And this situation <laughs> is not how I was told it would be. And I, my feelings about this, I mean, I don't even feel the way about this that I was told I was supposed to, mm-hmm. or absolutely would feel like my my experience of the world is so divergent from this. And I realize like we're handed this map, but the map is a map for Mars or something, you know, like it's not a map for this planet. Yeah. It's not, and, and, um, and what was I just listening to the other day? Who said it? Um, Oh, I was, I was, I was reading uh, come as you are by Emily Nagoski, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great book. And, and she said this thing in it that just like stabbed me right in the heart. It was, she said, um, if it was something to the effect of like, if, if you're, if you're lost, if you're having a hard time navigating, the terrain is not wrong. The map is wrong. Hmm. Like, and I was like, holy cow, like that. I mean, that's, she was applying it to like trying to, you know, navigate 
sexuality and all this stuff, which is, I mean, a great application, but I just, I thought of that in terms of my whole, my whole experience of my faith deconstruction, just finding out like, oh my God, the map is wrong. The, the yeah. terrain is not wrong. The well, map is wrong. Where were you trying to go then, if we're going to use that metaphor? I mean, I think I had this idea, like, when you, you know, you sort of graduate and they gave me this piece of paper that says I'm certified for Christian ministry. And then you're like, um, now what? <laughs> and I'm all like bright eyed and bushy tailed trying to like save the world because mm. pastor's kid. Um, <laughs> and like, I'm always like, like, I don't know if that's just like, I don't know. That's just like in my, like. I feel like I'm still trying to do that in some ways. I'm just trying to be better about it. Like, I mean, you're preaching to the choir right now. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know that that impulse ever really goes away. No. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I was trying to, to get out in the world and like make it better. And, and I kept meeting people who like didn't need what I was selling. Right. Well, that's like a really large part of Christianity yeah. is the mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. um, telling people your story and winning followers for Christ. Yeah. And that is so problematic. Number mm -hmm. one, because like, you know, not well at the base level, not everybody is a Christian or wants to be a Christian. So yeah. that idea. Okay. Yes. That idea of like going out and winning souls means that Ugh. you don't have respect for their religions. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't care what you believe because what you believe is, is something that needs to be colonized, basically. Yeah, and basically. that, and that messaging, that thought comes from so far away, like from, mm -hmm. from decades and, and centuries ago. And, um, and it's crazy to think that we're still being, um, colonized by that kind of thinking. Right. So yeah. what is it that you're trying to do now with like your music and your art and, and, and uh, even, you know, this, um, this uh, dictate that you have to expressing the body and freeing the body, um, where did all that come from? Because it didn't come from the other map that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, I think it, it just came out of, like, my experiences of the world and my experience of other people. And, like, the reality is, like, we, like we, we can only talk about what we know about, you know, like mm. bad things happen when you talk about what you don't know about. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is, this is just what I know about. Like, this is my experience of the world. Like, this is how I've moved through it. And so, and so, and so this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, you know, and I think I, I don't know that I like, I definitely didn't set out to have that, to have that be the space that, that I ended up in, but I think it, it's organic and it makes sense for where I'm, for where I've been in my life. And it's, I mean, it's a, a calling that I'm very, um, if we can use that very problematic term, um, but mm. one that I'm very willing to fulfill. Were you always an artist? Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, I like wrote like books when I was a kid and like, like little like fiction books where I like made up stories and stuff even when I was like really small. Um, and like wrote poetry all through like junior high and high school. I was like really emo, like <laughs> a little bit of a goth. Um, but to be so. an artist, you also have to be a little entrepreneurial, right? Um, oh yeah, that's, I would say that's like maybe the, the, other than like actually sitting down and making art, which is probably the hardest part of artistry is just like yeah. sitting down and doing it. But other than that, like, yeah, the entrepreneurial stuff is, is like, um, is probably been like the biggest learning curve for me. Cause not only do you have to make the thing, but like, unless you just want the thing to sit in your desk, like 
you want to like get it out into the world and, yeah. and have people see it and, and, um, maybe make a few dollars and stuff, you know? So like, yeah. so that whole aspect of it too has been, um, probably the biggest learning curve for me a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. It is really hard. It is really hard, but I think that you're obviously doing a fantastic job of it. Um, oh, thanks. Looks like you're going to be at the Wild Goose Festival. Um, yes, um, I'm doing two festivals this month, actually. Yeah. I'm doing Wild Goose. Got a few sessions going on there. Um, got the the poetry open mic, and then I'm doing um, a Church 2 session with Hannah Posh, and okay. um, I'm doing a session on um, sex positivity as well. Okay. Um, so doing a few things for that. And then I'll be at Skylight Festival um, in the Toronto area mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks after Wild Goose. Um, and Skylight is great. Skylight has a lot of similarities and overlaps with Wild Goose. It's in Canada. Um, and there's going to be a lot of cool people there too. So I'm like back to back, like super awesome, like faith and justice festivals that I'm really excited about. You're going to have such a fantastic summer. Yeah. I'm, I'm a not. little jealous. <laughs> um, so let's get a little bit into like the work that you're actually doing right now. Um, yes. with, um, I was specifically thinking about yoga and sex positivity in theology. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. It um, seems like, so Initially, those were like separate things. Yeah. Initially, I just started. I started practicing yoga like just like probably three years ago um, for like anxiety management. I have like I have a, a cocktail of different anxiety problems, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so I was just like, this seems like a thing that will really help me, um, and it, and it did just completely revolutionized the way that I experience um, my body, the way that I experience being in it. Um, being, it really does help with anxiety management, like for me. Um, so, so, oh yeah, I, for sure. And I think yeah. that the anxiety is also just a part of like being an artist and an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> because if something goes wrong, it's your fault. It's not like you can't blame a boss yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, well, and I think too, like when you grow up being told that like everybody's going to go to hell unless you save them, and you'll you might go to hell too if you say the right prayer wrongly. Yeah. Um, there's like a little bit of anxiety involved <laughs> in that. Sometimes I'm like, why do I have problems? And then I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> this is why. Um, <sighs> But, um, but yeah, so that, that's, that was just a, initially a very, you know, private practice for myself. Um, but like, I'm, this is why I'm like, why do you get a degree in theology? Why? Do, like, it's because I'm the sort of person where like, if something exists, I want to like know everything about it. I want to yeah. like research the crap out of it and like, um, and, and get certified and yeah. learn all the things and read 10 articles and watch the documentary. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, so pretty quickly I got like really obsessed with it. Um, so Last summer, about a year ago, um, is when I decided to apply for a teacher training program mm -hmm. um, at the studio where I practiced for the couple of years before that, um, and it was so great. Like, I just, I loved it so much, and it was so, I mean, it, I think, you know, it's very, like, important, because yoga is not just, like, the physical poses, right? It, there's also all these, like, philosophical under underpinnings and um, the spiritual aspects of it and stuff, and um, I think that's really important for people, um, especially as we practice yoga in the West, um, yeah. to like learn about that, right? And so I was like, I really want to learn about this. I want to like arm myself with this information. And so, um, so I did, and it was such a great program, and made like just amazing like lifelong friends through it. We're all still like really close and have a great that's text awesome. that we talk on every day and all that. So, um, so that was a great experience. Um, so I started teaching at the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. um, so I've only been teaching for a little bit, but I think. The, going through the teacher training program and then as I've been teaching for the last six months, mm -hmm. uh, 
I've just had so many like, like light bulb moments Hmm. about, about the body and about, cause I, I mean, really like evangelicalism does not do a good job with the body. Oh Um, yeah. Amen. Like it, at best it ignores it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's just like put it away and tuck it away until it's your marriage night. And then you can start to think about your body, but then it only stays within the fall room, the four walls of your bedroom. So you and your partner, that's it. Outside of that, it's just like, you know, you're supposed it, to ignore even outside it. of sex, like even outside of sex, it, it, it at, at best ignores it. It's like, it, you're a soul. It, yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so, it's so disembodied. Yeah. And, and so, so I realized that. And I also realized like, God, like I was like, I don't know if you can be an evangelical and, and practice yoga because the teachings about the body are like essentially the opposite. I like, I, <laughs> I went through this, I went through this training program and I'm learning about all this and I'm like, oh my God, this is like the opposite of what I was taught about the body growing up my entire life. And this idea of like, of, of like, um, like being gentle with yourself and accepting where your body is at and like, Mm. it's good. Yeah. Um, Like it's actively, you know, like, and I was just like, I, this is, I mean, it's, it's true and it's revolutionary, but it's just so not ways that we're conditioned to think about it's our body. It's true. And yoga has this really unique way of kind of like connecting um, that, that messaging that Dove used to have around body, body positivity with like mm-hmm. your actual body. So it's one thing to like see the images of, of, you know, people loving their curves and people loving their stretch mm-hmm. marks and people like living, you know, happily with you know what they've been given and what they have versus somebody like actually doing that you know it's been a while since I've done yoga but I feel like I feel like I need a class <laughs> yeah it's been it's been such a revolutionary a revolutionary thing for me too and just seeing the way that like I don't know people come into come into classes and and I'm like your body can do like amazing stuff like mm. Every, I think everything, every single person should walk out of a yoga class feeling like they have the best body in the whole freaking world because like, your body just did amazing things. You just did Aww. stuff that is awesome. Like you you're probably just, such a fantastic teacher. Just like the listeners can't actually see your face, but when you were talking about Moody Bible, it, I mean, your face is like has lit has it. I mean, it's a bright shining star right now, comparatively speaking. Yeah. No, I just I I love it. I really like I. It, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, like you don't want to go to work sometimes, right? And yeah. I'm like, sometimes, but like, I'm never not, I'm never regretful. Yeah. Like every every single time, I feel like some sort of awesome exchange just happened. Like it always feels like I did something that mattered in so the world. What are what are some of the things that you um, tell your students about body positivity? So. Um, it's so funny. I was just teaching um, yoga for some kids the other day. I've been teaching a lot of kids yoga lately because um, I am on the board of directors for this um, nonprofit here in Nashville called East Nashville Hope Exchange, and they do like um, supplementary literacy training for kids in the summer and family support workshops throughout the year. Um, so I've been teaching a little bit for them, and then I also have um, been teaching at a school where one of my friends works um, for for her kids there, and. Um, and so I've been I've been trying to break down some some like yoga ideas and stuff for for small children, um, and I asked them, 
at the beginning when we first started, um, like, why do we do yoga? Just like took some ideas and, um, and small children, little girls, I mean, these are like second graders Mm -hmm. said to lose weight. And I was like, no, you can do yoga no matter what kind of body you have. Like it literally does not matter. Like, and it's not to lose weight. It's just to be in your body. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I mean, really like the oldest yoga teachers said that the yoga was to make the body tired so that the mind (laughs) could meditate basically. Mm. Um, but, um, but, but that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. Right. And it's, it's, that starts young. It starts very young as I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, And, and that continues. A lot of people, a lot of people treat it like, um, you know, just another way to like lose weight and stuff. And I'm like, you might gain weight. You might uh, lose weight. You, you, I mean, your body changes if you do this with any regularity just by necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you're probably more likely to gain, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be, I just want to break it down and be like, this is not, you know? So, um, so yeah, I try to do that. I try to, I try to use a lot of, um, like, um, non-attachment language, especially adults. Uh, kids are less like this, but adults will get really frustrated with themselves if they can't do something that they feel in their mind that they should be able to do. Yeah. And I see it on their faces. Um, and I'm like, we need to let this go right now. Yeah. Like, just let go of your feelings about whatever just happened mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. You're a rock star for trying. And yeah. also, like... There's no should or shouldn't in terms of like where, like that that categorization doesn't even make sense when we're talking about a body. Kids are resilient, and messaging must start young. You yeah. know that's that makes me so sad in my heart that like the little girls are thinking mm-hmm. I'm here because I'm fat. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. How already has that happened? How? How? Kid chub is the best chub, man. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, believe they're all, it. They're all like really cute. I'm like you guys are perfect. Yes. Uh, Okay. But yeah, so it's been interesting with all that yoga, right? Yeah. Um, so initially this was like a separate thing, but one of the reasons that I thought, hmm, I should take some yoga teacher training other than like my um, my like obsessive need to, to research stuff um, is so, – so this whole time, right, I've been I, – I travel to speak and perform my poetry and I'm doing this – I mean I've been doing that um, at least part-time for – like six years now. Uh, awesome. So, so this whole time I've been doing that, right? And and obviously you've listened to my poetry, so you know, like, like this is like some heavy stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like dealing with a lot of like, um, like, purity culture and toxic religion and trauma and all of this stuff in my poems. So I would go and travel to these places, and perform my poetry, and make people cry, and then go sit in my hotel room, and then go home. Um. And that is the problem with the performer's yeah, lifestyle. And, and th- so the thing is, I would, and I would watch, and I, I started over time to feel like, um, like responsible for like shepherding people through this emotional experience because mm-hmm. I, I was realizing like, I'm literally just making people cry and getting off this stage and, and I'm, I'm not following up. Like I'm not giving them any way to like complete mm-hmm. this emotional circuit. Yeah in the body. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm starting to practice yoga for my own self, I'm realizing like what it is to feel things in your body. Like, yeah. cause we feel feelings in our body. This is, we've, we're not feeling your brain is a part of your body. Mm-hmm. Like we feel feelings in our bodies. Yeah. And I don't think people get that. They think like, Oh, I, this is my feeling. No, it's literally in your body. Cause this is all you have. This mm-hmm. is it. Right. Um, 
This is the only thing that you have to move through the world in. You're not, yeah. there's thing floating above your head. <laughs> right. So, so I started realizing what this is in, in, in my body. And, and so one way that I started to address this, what was, I almost always would start to do like Q and a sessions afterwards mm-hmm. in these events. Um, cause I don't do like a whole lot of big events. A lot of events that I do are like a couple hundred people max. Right. Um, so, so it's a little bit, and a lot of times it's smaller than that. So it's, um, a little bit more accessible to do something interactive like that. But I was like, we need to like, we just need to have like some decompression a little bit. I'm like, mm-hmm. can we just get everybody a beer? Like what? <laughs> we just need to sit and like work through our feelings together. Yeah. You know, so we would do these Q and a sessions and people would talk and I'd respond. And, um, that was really, that's really great. Like I love doing that. That's honestly my favorite part of any like speaking engagement or performance is just like getting to like talk with people afterwards. Cause, yeah. and it's also kind of fun too. Cause it's like a challenge. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's going to come out of people's mouths. Like I have not a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, um, so I would start to do that and that seemed to help a little bit so people could like speak their feelings if they had them. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this would be so much better if we could do like some mindfulness or something, you know what I'm saying? Some kind of like either just mindful movement or breathing exercises mm-hmm. or, or just something to like ask yourselves, like, where do I feel this feeling in my body? Can I like, can I identify it? Like, mm-hmm. can I, you know, this sort of thing. So, um, that was one of the reasons that I, that I started thinking maybe I should do some yoga teacher training cause I'd love to be able to, you know, be, um, knowledgeable about that and, and maybe offer that to people as a way to kind of process through some of our feelings about these like really heavy topics. Right. Um, and so that's when I started realizing, Oh, like these are all this, this, um, this poetry and this yoga and this, you know, speaking and activism and all this stuff. These are, they, they're not separate things. They are all together. They all, they all intersect. Um, and, and they're all just part of like, this experience right it also sounds like you had spent so much time just like emptying yourself on the stage that mm-hmm. you know you needed to also be filled up again you know yeah. and the best mm-hmm. way to do that is also through I mean for some people it is through socialization and you know I'm having an introvert so like no like I definitely want to go back to my hotel afterwards and like lay down and watch the history channel yeah like, and like self-soothe <laughs> and like hold yourself a little yeah. bit um but yeah no that's a very effective way though of just like um, relieving some of that stress and, and getting rid of all of those, all of the, the, the emptiness and the feelings, you know, um, how does that, uh, go into your, um, sex positive theology? Yes. Okay. So, which is something we haven't talked about at all this far into our, into the podcast. And usually like sex is like the first thing. Yeah, well, there's so much, like, backstory to it, right? Yeah. Because actually all this is about sex, right? Because we're talking about the body. We're talking about purity culture. We're talking about all these things, right? Yeah. Um, so I think in order to be sex positive, you have to be body positive. Well, you you would think, right? Like, yeah. I, like, I don't, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to be sex positive without being body positive because, yeah. I, to me, sex positivity means, like, being in your body and, in, like, in affirming other people being in their bodies and to inhabit their bodies in, um, like wholesome and consensual ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some people, sex positive positivity means that, um, you don't yuck other people's yum. Right. <laughs> and everybody, uh, has, uh, what is it? You know, the independence to choose what they want and what they don't yeah. want. Yeah. Which is, True. I affirm that also. Like, I'm like, also don't yuck other people's yum. And like, also everybody should have, but I think like it's, it has to be, it has to be more encompassing than that to me. Yes. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's not just about agency. It's also, it's also about 
loving yourself and enjoying yourself and mm -hmm. yeah and how do you do that if you don't love your body well yeah it gets really difficult really complicated yeah. <laughs> and I, that's, I think that's a that's a, a disconnect that I have experienced myself and seen a lot of my friends go through too as we unlearn purity culture right mm -hmm. um, then we start to um, then we start to have sexual experiences and we start to move out into the world in these ways but but we still hate ourselves <laughs> Oh, it's such a complicated thing. It really you know, is. Like yeah. underneath, we still hate our bodies, even so, though like outwardly, we're trying to, we're trying to, we know better, so we're trying to do better. We're trying to, um, you know, not feel like trapped in the ways that we did sexually before. But, but I, yeah, I've seen people, I've seen people who um, have a lot of consensual sex and still hate their bodies. When... When did you start loving your body so much? Was it just through yoga? Um, I think that was the first time I honestly even became aware of my body, let alone love it. Mm. I think. Um, and when did you? And that's my second question: yeah. is when did you start having the sex that that you wanted to have? Yes. Okay. Wow. What a good question. Oh, there's so much. Okay. So You're like, married, I, right? I'm married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so we, I would say, like. Purity culture was um, somewhat easy for me to adhere to because I was very disconnected from my body anyway. Mm. Um, and I am not sexually attracted to a lot of people. Like, it, like just numerically, I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so, the odds aren't in your favor. Yeah, there's, there's only like a handful of people that I'm like legit attracted to enough to have sex. Um, and I have to, like, I'm, a, I, I'm, like, I sort of, like, identify, like, with a lot of the ideas about demisexuality because I feel like I need to, like, have, like, relationships with people, um, before I have that experience with them. That's just for me. Um, and so, like, so, it, purity culture was not super duper difficult, um, for me to adhere to. I had a high school boyfriend, um who I really liked, but, um, yeah, I would say as a, as a human being, I'm naturally somewhat disconnected from my body, hmm. um, because I'm very in my head, because I'm very like, I'm going to just sort of research stuff as yeah. a standby for real life experience, right? Like if I, re hmm. if I just keep researching, I don't ever have to actually go do anything. <laughs> um, well, right? I think that like purity culture, uh, for me, if I'm talking about my body, yeah. it totally worked for me because... I wasn't interested in the male gaze, you know? So yeah. I was just kind of like, well, this is fine. You know, Jesus told us not to touch. I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, and, and too, like, I mean, that's for the similar reason I didn't even really know at all that I was bisexual until my 20s mm -hmm. um, be because of that, because I was just so disconnected. So I would say even like the starting to practice yoga um, was was the first time I even, not even like love my, but just became aware of it. Mm. Like became aware of what it feels like to be in it, to the, the things that it wants and needs. Like it was just the, it was just the first time that I started to become aware of my body. Mm. Um, and I think that that is, it's just so interesting. And technically I didn't, so I didn't come out as bisexual until after I had been married for a year. I also am just now realizing I didn't come out or know that I was bisexual until after I started practicing yoga. 
yoga mm. came first. How did um, that happen? So that might, that might be part of that too. I don't know. I've never made that connection until this exact moment. Mm. Um, but that's deeply unsurprising to me about it. So, so yeah. Um, so that's been very, that's been very interesting. So I would say that's when I first became aware of my body at all. Um, I think through the practice of yoga, through, um, through getting therapy, I'll be real honest, um, through, uh, through the practice of yoga, through getting therapy, through like, having positive sexual experiences, I have, I have learned to, um, love my body. I would say I'm at a place where I love it now, Mm -hmm. but it is, but it is like a practice. Um, Mm. and I don't love it all the time. Um, (laughs) do you feel that you have like the same struggles that the rest of us have about fighting off those messages that are constantly coming in about how you should, you should hate your body. You should constantly try to change it. Um, it's not serving you and so you are lazy and you need to get up and do something do those messages like sink in or are they like oh yeah no I mean like I feel like that's that doesn't go away I mean you can take the girl out of that but you don't take that out of the girl you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like it that in some ways that sort of never goes away like and I think that's just a consequence of living in the world that we live in Mm -hmm. um but but I don't choose to make that the tape that I play most of the time. And to me, that's success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, so now that you have had this experience with body positivity, how does yeah. that inform the kind of sex that you're having and that you want to yes. have? Um, so um, I would say I had sex um, before <laughs> sex before marriage. <laughs> but, um, you harlot. Yeah. Uh, I had sex before marriage. There we go. Um, I feel like we're in like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting right now. Like, hello, my name is Emily Joy. Don't worry, it's just me and a bunch of listeners. It's fine. Um, So, uh, and that was good. I've, I've, I've been really lucky that I've had like almost entirely like, like positive um, sexual like partners, people who like care about me um, Mm -hmm. and um, you know are. Um, concerned about my well-being and pleasure and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think I had I had a good intro to sexual activity. Okay, um, okay. But I think that um, there was a. I remember the very first time that um, I had sex with my now husband. Um, I got so angry. Mm afterwards and I just started weeping and he was like what's wrong with you and I'm like I'm fine you're fine nothing is wrong I'm just really really angry right now um because I just had this like I just this like flood of like anger just like whoosh out of me because it was like it was the map and the terrain again right like it was, ah, yeah. it was that feeling of like this what like like on the one hand I was like that was good I like that but on the other hand I was like that is what we have a multi-billion dollar purity industrial complex like that's what we (laughs) that's what we wrote all these books about that's it you are preaching so hard that's amazing it made me so angry I was like this is Mm. not at all how I was told I would feel and why are we writing all these books to stop that like what this is ridiculous I was so upset um, you're like, I, I should have been doing this since I was 17. Like, that's what this yeah, No, literally. I was like, how many relationships did I ruin trying to like stuff that part of it down? I know at least a couple off the top of my head. 
probably more. And it's just, it was so, it was so, it made me very irate. So that was my, that was my like intro to sex. Mm. Um, and then, um, but I would say like, even that it's like it, in spite of like having like good experiences and partners that care about me, like I would say it, it took until very recently to start having um, like the kind and quality of sex that I want because for a long time it was just this like it was I was I was so uncomfortable in my body yeah. like just so I just having a body like made me uncomfortable I was like why do I have to inhabit this earthly meat suit can I just leave it behind <laughs> like you know like, that is just, the title of this episode earthly meat suit <laughs> that's fine it just it's just so inconvenient to me but yeah. I was like this is so I was just just very uncomfortable and I would say I'm still uncomfortable it's why like I've been one practice that I've been trying to do this year is to take more like sexy like selfies and pictures of myself mm, like cuz if yeah. you look at my Instagram prior to like this year there like none like I just I and I looked at I tried to find a sexy selfie like at at the end of last year and and I scrolled back on my on my camera for like 2 years and I could not find a single like sensual That's picture of myself Do you believe that you are sexy and it, no, or is that that's, oh. that's what, this is my spiritual practice. I don't believe that I'm sexy. I had, and I, and I was like the way that I capture the world. Cause I think you can tell a lot about somebody by scrolling through their photos, right? Mm-hmm. They see what kind of things they take pictures of, how they move through the world. And I was like, the way that I'm, the way that I capture the world does not involve myself as a sexual being. And so I started this practice of like, I'm going to take more sensual pictures of myself. Like, mm. cause I need to see myself looking that way. It's very difficult. Like, and so, so I would say like it, it's hard. It was hard for the first, I would say couple of years to, um, to have good sex when I was just so uncomfortable having a body, mm. like so uncomfortable being in my body. Yeah. Uh, I was like, why, why is any of this? And so, becoming like a person like I don't I don't I don't believe that I'm sexy that's probably like my biggest struggle with my body is I genuinely don't I just have to give you props for saying it and saying out loud and continuing to say it yeah because I can tell that it's hard like it's not it's not easy hmm I think I think my my button similar to that was um I went through a phase of rapid weight gain and I decided that because the weight gain had happened in such a short amount of time and, you know, I felt like I didn't have control over it, that I didn't deserve to look at myself in the mirror anymore. And so I spent a lot of time avoiding mirrors just because I didn't want to see plumper hips. I didn't want to see a fuller waist. And, you know, and it was, and then it it took a lot of self-talk and work (laughs) to give myself permission to enjoy what I saw again. Um, just that, that Um, good old messaging, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and I I think a a big part of it too was I, I came out in the middle of all of that. Um, having only ever dated men Mm -hmm. like my entire life. Yeah. Um, and so then there was, there was a lot of struggle, so much struggle, um, with, um, I mean, how real do you want to get on this podcast? Real, real. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay, so we're we're not in, like, a monogamous marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that has only been as of, that has only been as of the last nine months. 
to to a year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've having the conversation for a couple years as you do, but um, yeah. but yeah. So I, there was a lot like in coming out of feeling extremely disconnected from that part of my sexuality yeah um, and coming out initially in the context of a monogamous marriage right Um, like that's a whole nother step like is that something that you guys decided to share with your families like how yeah that's tough yeah it's a lot (laughs) um so so yeah everybody that needs to know knows now but um but yeah it's just it it very much is like so, so that was a really like huge source of like shame for me for a while was feeling so disconnected from that part of my sexuality. Um, and, and when you are, when you don't feel comfortable with yourself mm-hmm. as a sexual being and when you don't love your body, it's hard to name and ask for what you want and need yeah. sexually. And the problem mm. with being an adult is that if you don't ask for something, you don't get it. Yeah. So it's really hard. It's It's really really hard. hard. It sounds obvious, but it's true. If you don't ask for something, you don't get it. And so I was like, I don't even know how to go about asking for the kind of sex that I want. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But but now, I mean, now I, I feel like I'm having various kinds of sex that I want. Mm-hmm. And, and that is great. And that has been like mm. a really like, that has been like a really healing experience for me too. Uh, <sighs> I also felt the same way after I had my first same sex sexual experience. I was very angry. I was like, this is all right. Okay. <laughs> so I see. Yes. This is what we are um, having whole conferences <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. All right. Exactly. There okay. is. A, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So Not a bunch uh, of straight men are writing books about this to stop us there. Anyway, <laughs> it's really bad. So the last thing that I wanted to ask you yes. is how does your theology inform your sexual experience or yes. how does it give you permission to have these sexual experiences? Ugh. Um, the other day, I was, this is like uh, the beginning of June, I was driving through the mountains of Sedona, mm. Arizona, Sounds lovely. and it was, it was so beautiful, and like the sun was starting to set, and it just made the rocks all red, and you could see forever and ever, and I was, I was driving, and I was looking at the mountains, and I was like, wow, like there are legit people who look at the mountains and think to themselves, wow, there's a God out there who cares who I have sex with. Like, (laughs) that was, I was looking at like the bigness of everything and I was just thinking like, do you understand how small we are? We're a speck on a speck on a speck floating around in like a universe of other specks. Mm -hmm. And you legit think that whatever undergirds all of this (laughs) doesn't want you to be gay? I mean, big picture. Yeah. yeah, like I don't. That's that's how that's my theology in, informs it. I'm like I I try to like have a little bit of perspective, and and like thankfully I don't believe in a god like that anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's been that's been part of that. And I think I probably had to stop believing in that god in order to in order to live the kind of Ooh. life that leads to wholeness and yeah. happiness. Um, both both sexually and also generally. 
I just want to tack on to that. Like, I, I really think just looking back at the, the trajectory of my growth um, when I decided to come out and, you know, my, my journey through the church, like, I think that I identify as a Kinsey six lesbian. I oh. am so gay. I am so gay. There's <laughs> no hope for me. There's absolutely no hope. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. Um, my trajectory, like, I think that there was a time in, in that brief history of trying to um, reconcile my feelings of my orientation with my faith that God mm -hmm. had to die. God yep. died for a minute. And it was really like um, bleak and, yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, hor I mean, I guess dark and, you know, all of those uh, really cool words that we could use, but yeah. trying to figure out like, where was God? And then God came back, but God was new. God could mm -hmm. be woman. God, you know, could be loving and accepting of all of these things. And yeah. then the, the brighter parts of the Bible started to come through. You know, the parts yeah. where I was like, no, I really do think Jonathan and David loved each other, like love, loved each other, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they were super gay. <laughs> they were so gay. They are so gay. Yeah. Technically speaking, they were bi. Yes. Yeah. David had a lot going, <laughs> you know? And to think that, 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 that God chose him as a favorite, you know, him and all of his mistakes mm -hmm. um, was really cool. Are there are there any um, Bible verses that that make you feel at home in your body and comfortable with your sexuality? Huh, that's a great question. Um, I think for a lot of us coming out of like the type of Christianity slash evangelicalism um, that we came out of, like like the Bible is hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, and we had this conversation when I was writing um, the devotional for the Bible yeah, app. Yeah, divine like, space for divine emotions. Because so it took me a long time because I kept I kept showing up at the page and feeling like, oh, this is like a lot harder than I thought it would be. I'm having to re-engage some of these texts that were used in such harmful ways. Mm. Yeah. Against and, me, and you I, know? Yes, and I really want to encourage listeners to go... Um, and read the devotional on the app. It's called Divine Space for Divine Emotions. And Emily's Joy, Joy is talking about rage and grief and uncomfortable feelings. And um, she has this magical way of pairing them with um, poems from the Psalms. And how can you not you know, fully enjoy that? So I really want to encourage people to go out and read it. Yeah. Well, and I think I picked the Psalms because I, I, there's a lot that I still find very um, lovely in the Psalms. To say the least, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like, all the stuff about being like knit together in your mother's womb and that like, like, and I think I even use that in part of, in mm -hmm. part, I think I used that in the last devotion, or in the last day of that devotion. Um, but stuff like that where it's like, that to me still feels um, liberative. Um, but, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I would say the Bible is like, really hard to re-engage with sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard because it's also the only thing that I know about. Um, like, literally what my degree is in. <laughs> Listen, um, Bible knowledge is really important. Yeah, and I'm, it's so hard because I'm like, personally, I struggle with this, but this is also literally the only thing that I am um, formally qualified to talk about. Um, so, mm. I'm like, 
I'm trying really hard. You've done um, a great job so far, I but, would say. But yeah, and I think too, there's also this question of like, to come back to like hermeneutics and how we use the Bible, right? Because ultimately when we're talking about faith and sexuality and Christian context, we're always talking about the Bible, but we're always talking about hermeneutics because by and large, with the exception of like, you know, some extra books here and there, we're basically all reading the same thing mm -hmm. and coming away with such radically different ideas, right? Yeah. So that means like all of this is a question of hermeneutics and, and even a back step of how you interpret text behind that is like how you even engage the Bible. And that's why like sometimes I'm reticent to have like conversations with people and I, I, folks who are doing the work, I think particularly of like Matthew Vines, who oh. is, is so biblically literate and so biblically based and goes to great, just um, hyper specific lengths. Oh. to break down all of these different passages on sex and um, all these things. I, I, and I always, whenever people want to have the conversation, I always send them over there. I'm like, here's an hour YouTube video. You can go watch it. Like, yeah. that, that will save me a, a lot of time. Thank you, Matthew, for putting that video on the internet. If you ever hear this, you have saved me countless hours. Um, <laughs> Matthew, we love you. Yes. It's out there. Um, but, um, but I also don't really use the Bible that way. Okay. Sometimes I'm reticent to have the conversations because I'm like, I feel like by engaging in this conversation about whether or not the Bible prohibits um, same-sex sexual interactions in this particular verse is sort of conceding ground that I don't want to concede to start based on how you use the Bible. Um, because the Bible has a lot of problematic things in it. And that does not press me because I don't feel the need to have everything that I do and don't do approved by the Bible because I don't think it's meant to be used that way. Mm. I don't think the Bible is meant to be used as like this, you have to have a, a verse for everything that you do and believe, either for or against it. I think that's conceit. So, so part of me is a little bit reticent to have those conversations too because I'm like, I, I think we can use the Bible in a much better way um, than that. I would agree. I think that the Bible is supposed to um, make you adventurous, you know, to go out and try everything and prove that it is infallible, you know, so that the wisdom that it carries does actually uh, stand the the human withstand the human experience and so I think that you, I use the Bible as and I've said this on Twitter I think that I use the Bible as like a um, as maybe a blind woman would use a cane walking through the world like I think that it is my lease on life I think that it helps me move forward um, and it shouldn't be something that you know keeps you in a cage in fact it should be like the cape that you wear as you you know, do your superhero duties, you know, like, I, <laughs> um, I know that's all metaphor. And honestly, yeah, I think yeah. I'm still working my way through that. But I don't think, like you said, that the Bible is supposed to um, keep keep you from exploring life and, and finding love and um, new experiences and enjoying your body. Um, and, you know, for so long, that's exactly what we've been taught. And you know what, I'm, excited about the work that you're doing and I'm excited about how many places you um, are allowing yourself to be seen and your desire to do a complete work there and not just leave it and move on but to make sure that that you know people are correctly absorbing this <coughs> trauma work that you're doing um, yeah I I'm really happy for you dude <laughs> thank you yeah I'm trying really hard I'm 
I am doing my best. Um, it shows. And yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot because it's weird. It's it's weird to like um, like show up on podcasts or like go talk to like um, like major news outlets about like your sexuality and trauma every week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like like it does. There is a sense of like it gets easier with repetition. Yeah, who's taking um, care of you? But uh, but it is weird. It is weird that like that is a is a is a job. Yeah, um, it but, like you have but great it is a job. And it's though. my job. So and the support system. Yeah, 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 I definitely do. Okay, so where can people find out more about you? Um, what are your handles? All that jazz. Yes, okay, so I'm Emily Joy Poetry on all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Twitter, that's Instagram, you know, Facebook. Um, you can just type that into the, the URL, like slash Emily Joy Poetry. Same on YouTube. Um, my website's emilyjoypoetry.com. Um, people can read my stuff there and learn about that. And I'd also, I mean, like I always say this at the end of everything that I do, but like, um, I, I do this as part of my job. So like, I would love to come to, um, your school or your church or your event or whatever you have going on. Like, please, I'm like, I am, um, am not scary. I have a lot of fun, um, when I come to these places, I love doing it. It's like the most meaningful work of my life. So, um, I absolutely am accessible, uh, and I would love to come to whatever people have going on. Um, yeah. Great, Great success. And that's our show. Oh, wasn't that so good? Isn't Emily so good? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, don't forget to check out our Bible app at ourbibleapp.com and please subscribe. Uh, if you want to find out more about me, Crystal Cheatham, you can hit me up at hi at crystalcheatham.com or on Twitter at Crystal Cheatham. And that's our show. Okay, bye!